If you've, uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, if you'd uh, care to turn to 1 Peter uh, chapter 2. If you've got your phones with you and you've got the little app. If you've got your iPads with you and you've got the little app. Hey, this is modern technology. But if you've got good old common paper. 1 Peter 2. Starting at verse 4. And it's entitled, The Living Stone and the Chosen People. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When Dan um, sent me through uh, the, uh, the headings of these sort of 20 questions series, I saw beside my name, how can I be holy? And I have to say a little wry smile came across my face uh, when I saw the heading that I would be preaching on this morning. And I thought sort of the first thought that came to my mind was holiness. How am I going to get over the topic of holiness in one morning? I mean, this is a topic that could take weeks. You know, it could take months. Well, in actual fact, I mean, it will take a lifetime. That's, that is the, uh, the subject. But we only have a morning, so I'm going to sort of uh, do a whistle-stop tour on uh, the subject of how can I be holy. Now I feel that there, is, there are no coincidences when it comes to God, when it comes to what he wants to teach his people. And the fact that we have just finished uh, a series on looking at Acts and the life of the early church, um, I believe it lends itself perfectly to when we look at the subject of holiness. Now I'm not going to go over the, uh, the old ground of what we've been, been looking at, but I would just ask you this question this morning, um, and that question is, what was it, what was it that really upset the religious leaders of the time? 
What was it that really sort of angered them about the, the early church? What was it that upset them about the teachings of the apostles uh, of the time? Well, I believe it was this. That instead of lead, lead, leading, instead of leading a life under the law and the bondage uh, that the law brought, I think it was the joy, the joy of knowing God through the death and resurrection of his son Jesus. It was knowing that freedom through Christ. It was knowing or it was wanting to live a life that was different because of what Christ had done for them. I believe it was the want of the early church to live a life of holiness. And in Peter's letter, in another uh, section of Peter's letter, we read these words. God calls us to be, uh, to be holy, just as he is holy. So we're called to be holy. Now I don't know what you automatically think of when you hear the word holy. Maybe you think of words like sacred or godly or devout. Maybe a person springs to mind. Um, maybe you've heard of senior religious figures, both past and present, who are known as holy or called holy. But what is the biblical, what is the biblical definition of the word holy? The word holy in scripture means to be set apart, to be separate from sin and evil. As I've just read, God calls us to be holy as God is holy. But how can we achieve that? It just seems impossible. Well, we, as individuals, can't. We can't achieve holiness under our own steam. We can't do it under our own ability. No, the only way that we can live a holy life is through the Holy Spirit. It is knowing that when you gave your life to Christ, he gave us, in return, the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, to aid us every step of this journey that we are on. The only way that we can consider to try and live a holy life is through the power of of the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians 1 verse 13 we read this, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So we're not on this journey by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We've taken that first step. We have heard the good news of Jesus Christ. We have acknowledged 
that we need saving from sin and permanent separation from God. We have been brought back into his presence, into the presence of God through his Son. But things didn't end there. We have been given the Holy Spirit to guide and to bring understanding and I believe a desire to do God's will. So we understand what holiness is and that is to be set apart. We have seen how God has sent his Holy Spirit to us to guide. But what does holy living look like? As I mentioned earlier, so often as Christians, when we consider the word holy or holiness, we will automatically think of the way that we live our lives. I need to do this. I need to do that. I don't do this. I don't do that. And interestingly enough, I just want to pause a moment. At the, at the outset, I talked about going back to Acts the religious leaders of the the time and again there were individuals who were on the outside doing good following the law but were they holy were they holy so as I mentioned so often we consider when we're considering as Christians the word holy or holiness, we will automatically think of the way that we live lives. But consider this. Before you were called to be be good, you were called to be holy. In Leviticus 26 verse 12, it says this, I will walk amongst you and be your God and you will be my people. So, I believe the first call is to be holy. In 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 to 8 we read, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. Now the word sanctified is uh, again another word for holy but it is the journey that we are taking to become holy. It is God's will that you should be sanctified and then it says that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit sins. As we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life so we see there in Thessalonians the first call the first call is to be holy the next part of the call is to be good or to live that moral life let's unpack that a little bit further holiness is not first and foremost about being good even though there is a moral dimension to holiness it's first and foremost 
about relationship. I will walk among you and be your God. It's about being set apart purely for God. It's, it's about your relationship with him. It then naturally moves that the way we live our lives, as did the early church, as we saw in Acts, but first and foremost, it was of their understanding of what God had done for them through Christ, and that God was rebuilding his relationship with them, and the people's response was the desire to live a different life to live a holy life. So my challenge for us all this morning is, is it our desire to live a different life? Is it our desire to live a holy life? Because, it, because if it is, a mark of a holy life is that people should see a difference in us. So often the world's view of Christians is seen through us. It's not seen through our theology. The world looks at our behaviour. And if they don't see anything different, if they don't see transformation, if they don't see anything distinct in the way that we live our lives, then we have failed at the first hurdle. And the world's view of Christians is that we're just hypocrites. So I say this, if your relationship with God is good, if your desire is to live a completely different life, if it is your desire to live a life which is set apart, if your desire is to live a holy life, then it's my belief the world will see something different in you. If they don't, then you know the question that you need to be asking yourself and you know what needs to be done. Let's just pause a moment and just, I just want to rewind uh, a little way. I'm sure that there are those here this morning that are possibly thinking to them, themselves that living a holy life, living a life which is set apart, living a life that is different from those around us, is going to cause some issues. It's going to cause some issues with family members. It's going to cause some issues with friends, work colleagues, people we meet in our day-to-day -day lives. We may face ridicule. We may face being laughed at. Have the mickey taken out of us. Maybe worse. Maybe bullying. Because we are different. But just some words from a continuation of uh, 1 Peter 2 that I, I opened this morning with. In verses 11 and 12 we read, Dear friends, 
I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, now I'm just going to add a few words here, though they may ridicule you, though they may laugh at you, though they may take the mickey out of you, though they may bully you, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So our lives should be led in such a way that if a non-Christian should come to mock or to deride or to criticise you and at that moment he sees or she sees Christ in you and if that criticism was to turn to curiosity and that curiosity was to turn to conversation or that conversation was turned to turn to a question concerning God and that question was to turn to an interest in God and to turn into something greater then praise God I hope you can see now why having God's Holy Spirit in us is so important we are God's messengers. We have the Holy Spirit to guide our conversations. We have the Holy Spirit within us to prompt us to speak to this person or to that person. We have the Holy Spirit within us to reveal the needs of others and to equip us to speak into situations and most importantly to reveal God's love. So what have we discovered so far? Well God's first call to us is to be holy and we achieve that through our relationship with him. Next we have this word sanctify which is to be made holy. Again, this journey, this description of a journey that we are on to be made holy. And there are some signposts on the way. One of those is the need for people to see that there is a difference in us as individuals. So we move on again and again, and they've got another a signpost, another marker here. Another mark of, holy, of a holy life is knowing and obeying God's word. In John 17, 17, we read, sanctify, again we have that word, sanctify, to be made holy. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. With God's word in our hearts and the Holy Spirit guiding our every move this will keep us from sin I mean our human nature may have different ideas but if we live in obedience to God if we live our lives in surrender 
to God. If we live our lives in relationship with God, we will resist the fiery darts of the evil one. A challenge. On the front of this book, it very, well, a bit faded, <laughs> but on the front of this book, it reads Holy Bible. And as, I can't remember whether it was Chris or uh, Andrew said last night as we were in the quiz and we were doing dingbacks, the dingbacks part of the quiz, they said, look at the picture, it will give you the answer. Well, I say, look at the book, it gives you the answer. Holy Bible. That's what it says. Holy Bible. If you want to know how to live a holy life, read the Holy Bible. Because it will tell you the way to go. How much time do you spend in God's Word? We live such busy lives. If we want to be set apart, if it's our desire to know God more, we need to spend more time in his word. We need to spend more time in prayer. We need to spend more of those times listening for that still, small voice. I desire to spend more time listening for that still, small voice speaking to me. It is God's desire for us to have a relationship with him. Spend more time with him. Spend more time in his word. And from that, our relationship with him will just get deeper and deeper. Another signpost, my final signpost, my final marker. A holy life, the mark of a holy life, and I touched on it earlier, and it was expressed very clearly in 1 Thessalonians 4, is this. It is God's will that you should be sanctified and that you should avoid sexual immorality. For each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, we read these words. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. I was bought at a price. Therefore, honour your God. Honour God with your bodies. God knows that an individual distracted by things of this world is an individual 
who is trying to serve two masters. It can't be done. We can't have a foot in both camps. We can't live a life during the week one way, uh, one, sorry, we can't live a life during the week one way and then come to church on a Sunday. And though there is nothing outwardly that can be seen, you know that God is challenging you on the way you live your life. Now what are those things that we have got to be aware of? Well, These things can usually take the form of sexual immorality, lust, any kind of impurity, greed, obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, jealousy, slander, drunkenness, and the list goes on. But these are all things that get in the way of our relationship with our Creator. We live in an unholy world where temptation comes in from every side. And as James put it in his letter, we need to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. And as Paul urges the Corinthian church, therefore, and these are Jesus' words, therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. But we live in a world at such a time as this. And just as with the early church, we need to be salt and light. We need to be that light on a hill. We need to be that beacon. We need to be different. We need to be holy. If we're going to go out from this place and tell others about a God who can save, then we need to show them a person who has been saved. Mm. That's you. If we're going to tell others about a God of hope, we need to show them a person who has hope. That is you. If we're going to tell others about a God who can bring peace, can bring love and joy, we need to show them a person who has peace, who has joy, and has love. That is you. If we are going to tell others about a God who can bring complete and utter satisfaction, we need to show them a person completely satisfied. My hope is that that's you. When the world sees a people who are holy, righteous, peaceful, joyful and fulfilled, they see the evidence of God. They see the transforming power of God. God calls us to be holy 
just as he is holy. Praise his name. Amen.